Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking in Transition, looking at how the banking industry is adapting to the new normal as the world begins to recover from the global pandemic. I'm Joy McKnight, editor of The Banker, and my guest this week is Samir Panderi, who's president of Broadridge International, a financial solutions and consulting firm. Thanks so much for joining me, Samir. Thank you, Joy. And by the way, congratulations on your promotion to being editor of oh. The Banker in Thank this you. meanwhile, so wonderful news. <laughs> Thank you so much, I appreciate it. But I remember last year we caught up, it was probably just about a year ago. Um, obviously at that time, most of the world was really about two weeks into that wholesale working from home. Obviously many of us are still at home, but it was hard to believe at that time that things could continue for this length of time. Looking back, what would you say were the big challenges that banks were facing at that time? You know, Joy, there's so much that has happened in the last year and, you know, it's hard to believe. But again, I think when you look back and you look at some of the biggest challenges, um, there are a few that sort of come to mind and come to the top. Perhaps the most important thing is employee safety and health. Um, I mean, this is unprecedented. And I think every bank, you know, that was a challenge, you know, every firm, you know, that was a challenge they had to deal with. The other thing that they had to deal with was, can the technology actually work in a remote model? This was never really tested, not at this scale on a mm. global basis. So I think that was an enormous challenge that people had to face in real time. Um, you know, there are things like client impact. You know, can we actually service our clients properly or do we risk losing them? Um, you know, that was all uncharted territory and brand new sort of ground to cover. Things like security issues. Um, you know, I mean, what does it mean when somebody is logging in from home and doing their work? Uh, you know, what kind of security protocols do we have in place? And, and of course, there's a whole lot of impact as it relates to business model and business model disruption. So, you know, the, the whole world has uh, moved on in the last year. I think we've all learned a lot, you know, from the experience, but it was certainly a very, very challenging experience for, you know, for, for the, you know, the industry. And at the time, there was also quite a bit of market turmoil happening. You know, how well do you think that it, did the industry cope with that? You know, generally speaking, when, when I look back and I reflect, I would say generally well, uh, but some actually did better than others. And if you look at the winners, you know, the ones that cope really well, I think there are a few characteristics that sort of come to mind. First, they embrace technology as a true enabler um, and they didn't fight it. So I think that was, you know, having that mindset was very, very important. The second thing uh, some of the winners did was to actually take the time to review their internal processes, especially where they have a lot of manual intervention and think about how do they automate it? How do they digitize it? And they actually went through that effort. And the third thing I would say, they had a pretty healthy mix of in-sourced and outsourced technology solutions that they could actually scale and deal with you know, trading volume and spikes. So as an example, some firms had anywhere from 2X to 10X in trading volumes in either on a single day, on a single week, or a month. So again, being able to have that mix of internal and external outsourced technology was a very, very important characteristic of the winners. 
Okay, and if we look beyond specifically the market turmoil um, into sort of more generally, um, you know, what were some of the big technology challenges that the banks were facing? I would break this up in two ways. <clears throat> I would look at it internal and external. So the internal things that I think banks had to deal with were insufficient budgets, dealing with legacy technology, inadequate IT infrastructure, and generally just keeping pace with technology changes and market shifts. Um, this is a very difficult, and oftentimes it's a spaghetti web of complexity brought on by years of layering, mergers, and end-of-life technology stack. So again, I think that those were some of the internal challenges. Externally, it's different. Externally, it's a lack of data for making good decisions. Um, and the other thing I think that featured very prominently during this period were regulatory demands. So, you know, despite COVID, despite, uh, you know, working from home or, you know, hybrid working models, the regulators did not ease up. So when you think about new regulations that were introduced for CAT, for SFTR, SRD2, um, you know, MIFID. So mm. again, that, that was sort of unending and unabated. So again, I think those were some of the external challenges uh, that, you know, they had to deal with. Okay. And then how do you think that the technology deployment um, or, or outsourcing even has really ramped up um, in the, at the banks in the past year? So we have something we call the ABCDs of innovation, which we think are really driving transformation. And, and they stand for A's for artificial intelligence, blockchain, cloud, and digital. I think the, these are the foundational stones, you know, that are driving transformation. Now, we also recently did a poll with about a thousand C-suite decision makers, and we found some very intriguing trends. Um, machine learning, as an example, used by 65% of UK firms already. 88% of firms plan to implement some kind of robotic processing in the next two years. And then most importantly, 72% of these firms are actively recruiting for talent. There is an acute shortage of great technical talent on a global basis. So the good news about COVID, if there is such a thing, is that we can now access talent globally. The bad news is so can your competitors. So you better hang on to your best people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what other trends outside of technology are you seeing in the banking industry today? The biggest and perhaps the most tectonic shift is currently underway with what I call the democratization of the retail investor. Retail investors are demanding data and decision-making technology to enable them to make decisions on matters as impactful as ESG and corporate governance. A great example of this is the Shareholder Rights Directive, or SRD2, where regulators wanted investors in European stock um, to have much more direct control in matters of corporate governance. So this very seemingly simple regulation, you know, kept us really busy and at the forefront of bringing to the market a world-class solution in record time. So I think the retail investors should be front and center of your future business plans. And I think this is a huge trend 
in banking. Excellent. And do you think this predates the whole whirlwind of activity around GameStop, let's say? One of the other editors actually has written a, a very interesting feature for the April issue, specifically on how you know, GameStop has precipitated some change within the markets. You know, that's a wonderful manifestation or example of that. You know, the, the one that I talked about, SRD, is another example. So again, I think we're going to see more and more of these use cases popping up where the retail uh, investor will be much more cent you know, front and center of the discussion and the conversation. So I think for us as you know, industry participants, banks, you know, technology firms, the key is when we make investments, we have to kind of have that in the back of our mind, or actually I would suggest in the front of our mind, because it's gonna be such an important part of this ecosystem and this conversation. My next question is really about, you know, what are your clients talking about today? What is front of mind for them? There are probably three things that I'm hearing again and again. And by the way, I speak to a lot of clients, you know, pretty regularly, um, even though it's all remote and virtual and video calls. Um, clients are talking about data. They need to have data to make good, sound business decisions. And that's a paramount uh, that, you know, that they're working on. Second, the conversation is a lot about cloud. Uh, you know, if you don't have a cloud strategy, um, you're going to be, you know, out of the industry. And the third is really how do you improve their cost structures uh, in a longer, you know, time frame. So the thing that's going to enable this is technology because that the ultimately will help them improve their client experience and then help them manage for better outcomes. So again, I think those three things are the foundational things that clients are talking about and, uh, and, and actually looking for help to solve for. And my last question is really about Broadridge International's plans for the next year. You know, what's in your pipeline? You know, I've spent about 25 years in the security services industry with some of the largest firms in the world. So I was actually thrilled when I joined Broadridge about two years ago to find out that our plans for the international business is really centered around growth and expansion. So that's always a really fun assignment, you know, from my perspective. Mm -hmm. um, just, just in the past three years, you know, Broadridge internationally, you know, our revenues have doubled. We've expanded our geographic footprint. We've made several acquisitions and made some really meaningful investments in our fintech solution set. So our plans are to continue on this trajectory, get deeper with our client relationships, and also help them achieve their business goals and their objectives. As a fintech firm, our goal is to serve our clients, help them achieve their business goals while continuously innovating with new thinking, new solutions to different problems. So this, I think, will be a very exciting journey. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for your insights, Samir. Well, thank you, Joy. Thanks for having me. And thanks to our audience for listening. Keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., 
Corrientes experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 